Hello and welcome to episode 982 of The Sleeper and the Boss. It is Friday, October 1st. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning to you. How are you doing? I'm sweaty. I'm very sweaty. It's the final weekend of the regular season. Titles are hanging in the balance. And it all comes down to this, man. How you feeling? Uh, I mean, I'm going to sweat some leagues, but not as badly as you are going to sweat some leagues. Um, I yeah. fell out of first this week for the first time since, I think, May. There might have been a, a day, uh, like a, a week in June, that I didn't end in first. But I think it's since May. It's It's been a while. Uh, so to wake up, you know, a, a day and not see that. It was nerve-wracking. I'm currently in first by a point. It is remarkably volatile. And to just kind of really, really drive it home, uh, me and the competitor in question are tied in two – or are very close in two categories. We're tied in wins, and we've been trading back and forth in runs. He currently has the lead. So we could pretty much decide it with ourselves in those categories – and neither of us have really been able to get much going with the wins this week. We've had some heartbreaking no decisions, both of us. And uh, so it's going to come down to it this weekend with guys like Elliot or with like Eli Morgan, <laughs> who I'm throwing today against Texas. Can he get a dub, dude? Oh, I'm so nervous. But uh, this is this is why we play. At the same time. The errors that cost Frankie Montas. I was like, why do we play this game? It's the stupidest game that's ever been created. I hate it. I want to vomit. So I'm a I'm a bundle of nerves. I also have a concert festival this weekend to distract me, though. And it's probably going to be for the better, Justin. Yeah, yeah. I recommended that you don't look at your phone. Like, just turn mm-hmm. off your phone the entire Sunday and enjoy the concert. Don't worry about the results until... Uh, everything's said and done. And I also told you I would not be able to do that. Yes, I, I, I love that idea, and that sounds great for somebody else. Uh, it, it is not what I'll be doing, but uh, we'll see how it goes. You know, It's out of your hands now. The players got to do their thing, and we'll see what's up. But we'll try to set you all up with some stuff for the weekend because we got Saturday and Sunday streamers. So let's just get into it with the Saturday eligible guys here. And uh, we're going to start at the top with a guy who's not necessarily super available, but you got to decide if you want to take this guy and put him in your starting lineup or on the reserve roster because John Means Business has to face Toronto, and he has to do so in Toronto. Are you are you are you doing that? No shot, right? Well, okay. Here's the thing. What scenarios? Would you? I guess let's let's focus on that because not everyone's scenarios are the same. There's protecting. There's hail marrying. Um, so on that scale, from protecting ratios, which means you would never take a start against Toronto, to hail marrying, uh, where where does means fall in that? I mean, I guess hail marrying, like, all the way at the other end. Like there's nothing in like the the middle, like anything below that, it has to be full Hail Mary mode because of Toronto, which by the way, I'm not disputing you. I'm just furthering to establish where you're at. Yeah, I, I just... I think w- you're right, by the way. Yeah, I don't think I mean, I would it would take, take quite a bit for me to even consider, like, I mean, Toronto has a 113 WRC plus against left-handed pitching this season. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, it's... So only people in chase mode. 
basically yeah. is what you're saying. If you have a lead and there's pitching uh, volatility anywhere, you can't take on this start. Yeah, I, I think it's it's a. Re- I, mean, I know means has been a lot better as of late, but like this sure. is just uh, like if you go position by position on the Toronto Blue Jays, they've got like four positions where they have the best player in baseball this season, and 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 like they're all righties too for the most part. Yeah, it's yeah the whole not, not literally, but like it's so righty heavy, so it's going to be difficult. Again, you have to be the chaser. Ever works. Um, to to take this on and hope that he spikes a, a big one because this is this is scary with John Means at Toronto. Um, this next one, I, I I don't even know like what to expect from Tanner Houck. Uh, he doesn't have a primary listed, but it might just be another one of his like low inning counts. So if you're chasing wins, uh, you know he's at Washington, which by the way, similar to the Cubs, they haven't been too bad. Here in the second half, despite those two teams making moves to look forward in the years, both of those clubs have been pretty solid offensively. In fact, they're four and five Cubs Nats in Woba over the last 30 days against righties. So Hauk draws a decent Nats squad, at least they're hitting well, and he's a um, low innings risk. Are you going for Hauk against Washington this weekend? Not if he's the actual starter. So, I mean, if, if he is uh, going to have a have an opener, um, then I would be somewhat interested. But he hasn't gone five innings in a start or outing since September 4th. B- believe me, I know. He was so, on my yeah. team. I ended up cutting him this week um, to go for more firm starters because I needed the wins. Uh, so that's why he was he was ousted for, for Eli Morgan. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how see how we feel about that. He's going tonight, by the way, Eli Morgan. So he will not be on discussed on this pod. I would start him. I am starting him. Texas is a good matchup. By the way, you might be hearing a little bit of echo from Justin. He's in his new office set up. Yes. Uh, and there's nothing in there yet eating up the sound. So it's a, it's a one-off episode thing. So Yeah, yeah. Today and Monday may be a little echoey. Uh, but then uh, I will have everything moved in. I'll have carpet down. Excellent. Uh, it'll be painted. So hopefully, uh, but I now have walls and insulation, which That's is fantastic. Nice. Yeah, it will not be 30 degrees in my office this winter, and, which I appreciate. Yeah, I remember some of those mornings you going out there and you're like, it's 32. I'm like, well, I wouldn't do the pod. So I appreciate you even showing up because I'd have to be in my space heater. Um Moving on to our next one here, Chris Bubich versus Minnesota. He's coming off a seven scoreless and then six and a third, one run, both of which are wins. I cannot tell you how badly I need him to string a third win together. Um, I'm in this thing called the main event. And mm, never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, so I got Bubich this weekend. So I'm obviously pro on starting this. I would be even if I wasn't invested myself he's been throwing well he's gone at least five uh in a third in each of the last four he hasn't allowed more than two earned in any of them it's a mixed bag of kind of mid-tier opponents at baltimore at minnesota home to seattle at detroit so but this is minnesota again so again it's not crazy they're not easy but they're also not particularly difficult boobage is kind of an easy throw for me if he is still available for you yeah and i mean he's also pitching at kaufman which is always a nice place to pitch so uh, he's actually my recommendation for the Roto Writer like uh, on on Saturday. So uh, 
Uh, he was he was the top option of the guys who were under fifty percent rostered uh, over at CBS. I like it a lot. Um, his opponent will be Griffin Jacks, who uh, has made it five his last outing He's here and there, but he hasn't had a win since August tenth. He's a home run machine. I know it's Kaufman and KC. Is there any Griffin Jacks love out there? Uh, what 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 level would you need to be to consider throwing Griffin Jacks? Uh, I think, you know, if we're going like on a one to 10 scale where 10 is Hail Mary and one is super confident, I think he's at like a seven. Okay. So like, I definitely think there are better options available on Saturday, uh, and throughout the weekend. But like, if you're just throwing shit up against the wall, like this isn't the worst shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, he's been, he can, he can get through five when he's, when he's pitching all right. KC is not scary. He went six innings, four runs against them. The last time he faced them on September 10th, didn't come away with the win. It was a f- six to four game that they lost. So you're, you're just kind of hoping that he can throw something similar to that. And maybe they come out on the, on the top end. I really hope they don't. I hope he gets smashed and, K- and KC wins by 30. Uh, yeah. No, no joke though about like, he's a home run machine. He's given up a home run, at least one in every start since the beginning of August. Griffin Jacks has a 2.7 homer nine. He, he is Griffin Jacks. <laughs> like, he, just... he gives up Jacks. It should be J-A-C-K-S <laughs> instead of J-A-X. Jesus. This is, that, I mean, that is, that it's excessive. It really is. Um, Jake Odorizzi. Bigger name on here compared to a lot of the guys, but but widely available still. Only nineteen percent over at ESPN. So there's there's wide availability here. We know about his third time through issues, as do the Astros. And as such, he's basically a five and dive. And if he's not at his best, he probably won't get through five. He went four last time out, um, inning and a third before that, but that was prior to an injury that he just returned from. So he's at, he was at 82 pitches that game. He's got enough in the tank to get five, but if you're chasing a win here, it it's not it's not a guarantee. Jack, Jake Odorizzi against Oakland. I'm using it, but if wins are my big chase, I don't feel great just because I know how perilous uh, it can be for him getting through that third time uh, because they know Odorizzi has, has issues there. What do you think about using him? Yeah, I think I would use him. I mean, the the uh, the A's are eliminated from playoff contention at this point, so oh, yeah. uh, there's there's a chance that they could easily sit down some guys uh, on Saturday, or you know, uh, you know, guys like Starling Marte have been dealing with uh, you know kind of nagging injuries and stuff might not mm-hmm. play. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I think I'd roll with him. Like you said, I think there's a chance that they don't let him go deep enough to get the win, but I think the rest of the stuff should be fine. Um, but yeah, if you're win hunting, it's going to be hard this weekend. If you're win yes. hunting, definitely be looking at these teams with, that don't have a chance to make the playoffs or are really still fighting for yep. playoffs. Yep, yep, it, it is going to be tough for sure. Uh, his opponent in that game will be Paul Blackburn who was solid against Houston last time out, five innings, one run, but only one strikeout in those five innings. You know, he's not a strikeout guy. He's got pretty weak skills. Any chance that you're looking at Paul Blackburn against Houston here? I don't think so. I mean, this is one of the situations where, like, if you if you see the lineup on Houston, like, the day of, and you go, oh, this lineup looks atrocious. Mm-hmm. They're really just resting everybody because they're locked 
uh, up into their uh, uh, their kind of playoff spot, uh, then maybe the thing of it is, I don't even know that they have a lineup like that. They have so many guys. Yeah, there's the team is yeah, so good. and it's so deep. Like mm-hmm. they bring in bench guys like Chaz McCormick and Eladmus Diaz. They've still been above average bats. Jake Myers has been about an average league average bat. So yeah, it'd be better than Altuve and Correa and the Tuckers of the world, but it still wouldn't necessarily be easy. So, you know, you're taking on risk there if you go with Paul Blackburn. Just keep that in mind. It is a high-risk proposition, and I don't think that the payoff is enough to really go for it. I know some of y'all won't won't have the choice. You just got to kind of go with what's available, but hopefully you can find something better, uh, which may include this guy. Actually, I'm going to see how available he is. Well... Eh, he's not going to be that available. I put Chris Flexen on this, but he's 60% at ESPN. So that's any league that's paying attention. I think Chris Flexen's rostered. He has a 367 ERA, 125 whip. Uh, we're going to move on from him because I don't think – start him, obviously. Yeah, he's a, but, you are obviously starting. He's been so yeah, good this he year. He really has. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Seattle is still in the mm-hmm. hunt. Uh, I got to kind of – it's so hard because I want to see Seattle and – like I want to see a Seattle-Toronto – well, wild card, but I, I just think the Yankees just have too big. I, I, I agree. It's just too tough to get that done, mm-hmm. but that would be a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully we get at least one of those teams, and it's not Boston, New York. Yeah, no, I, I think it's going to be one of those teams. Boston seems to just be flailing right well, now. Well, I mean, their pitching is it's just so underwhelming. Man, I was watching that Pavetta start because I, I used him too, and I don't know if you were watching that game at all, but um, – he gets two on, nobody out. Gets two strikeouts. The second of which was against Cedric Mullins that had like some atrocious uh, umpiring where they didn't call some put pitches and then he throws this curve that's like at the top. It's above the zone. It's this looping piece of garbage curve and they ring up Mullins and he's like, are you kidding me? And the reason that this next thing resonated with me so much is I've done this on MLB The Show so many times that I just I knew it was coming. You have this battle of an at-bat that you kind of squeak out of with whatever. You get a lucky pitch or whatever. They hit it right at somebody. For some reason, the beginning of the next at-bat, I would always throw like a like a fastball kind of inner half just to try to start the at-bat, and my opponent always yams it. And that's exactly what Ryan Mountcastle did. And I knew Nick Pavetta was going to do it. He crushed the three-run homer, and it was it from there. Pavetta was not going to get a dub. Brutal, brutal stuff. Anyway, Boston, you deserve to lose. You didn't do anything at the uh, at the um, trade deadline, and I really hope you don't make the playoffs because you're a bad team. Anyway, Jordan Lyles. But, like, so – like, like- St. Louis didn't really do anything. No, they, did. they, they got devil magic, though. You're not, you're not accounting for the devil magic. Boston oh, doesn't God. have as much devil magic. They've just started cultivating it over the last couple of decades. So, you know, over the last, like, 15 years or so. So they're just getting to work on their devil magic. It takes a while to really have it institutionalized the way the Cardinals do. So it's a different thing. You know, you're comparing apples to oranges there. You're right. They didn't do anything either. They rolled over and said, let's get two ro- uh, rotation fillers and just play out the string and then win 50 in a row or whatever the heck they did. They're insane, dude. The Cardinals are insane. And by the way, t- to for the five billionth reference to my league, um, Tyler O'Neill is why I might lose the league. He's like almost single-handedly carrying my opponent. He's unbelievable how good Tyler O'Neill's didn't been. did you drop him in that? Not in that league. 
okay. I would. Because uh, you were high on Tyler I was. Hero, it was in my so. bold predictions, too, which uh, I was reviewing, and I, I, I had him for a 30-15, and he's, he's at 32-14. I feel pretty good about that. By the way, we'll do our reviews in the future, and uh, wait till people read your review of your, your BPs. It's, yeah, I'll be writing it up for the site. Next it's it's week, not so. just said Mullins. Like, it's yeah, it's a banger, I, uh, banger incoming. Let me just say. Yeah, it, it's. Uh, I'm honestly like surprised. I like I'm having a good season, but like I I should have had a great season. Like I made some crucial mistakes along the way, including not getting um, said in your mains. Yes, uh, but um, yeah. The, this is one of those seasons where I like, I, I'm definitely happy with where I'm at. Like I'm, you know, it's going to be, you know, profitable enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are going to be some things that I kind of kick myself for as I kind of review things. It's an important uh, process where, though, too, is to review and mm-hmm. kind of understand, you know, uh, where, where you can improve because regardless of the season you have, if you don't think Phil Dussault is having this amazing season, but still going to go right back to the, grindstone and understand what he can do well i think you're i think you're insane if you don't understand if you don't think that he's going to go through that process uh the way everybody else should so if, if the top dog can do it if you don't think i'm going to go through his right? process <laughs> he's got he's got th- all three of his main event teams are in the top 21 crazy. he's got one third and 21st overall crazy by the way and like let's not sleep yeah. on tyler young sitting there at four and eight by the way. Well, and let's also not forget, um, last night checked, which was earlier this week, uh, Phil was also leading the auction Correct. championship. Correct. He has, so, uh, he, he, he still, still is. is indeed leading that with a nice little 30 point lead there that, uh, it, it isn't too bad. 30 points in the main isn't much, but 30 points in, in that league is more substantial. Um, another guy, uh, by the way, Tyler Young has four, eight and 19, Alan Mitchell has seven and thirteen. These are their main event overall rankings. So these these folks with like multiple teams in the top for the main. It's it's so impressive. It's so impressive. Yeah, it really is. Um, and shout out to uh, our friend uh, Zach Waxman um, from the Draft Champions podcast. Uh, he is currently leading the online auction championship overall right now, and looks like he's. Got it pretty close to wrapped up. Nice. But, I mean, there's always a chance he could lose, like, you know, 100 points in the overall. But doesn't seem likely in that one. Well, it's going uh, to be a wild, wild weekend for a lot of folks. Let's continue with Jordan Lyles versus Cleveland. He had a blip against the White Sox, which you can kind of forgive him for. It's the White Sox. But he's been put pitching pretty well. If you look over his last five, it's the thing of it is it's high volatility because when he when he's off, he's way off, including um, that one against the White Sox. Then his other previous most recent bad one was against these Cleveland Indians, where he gave up eight in three and two thirds. So I like it if you're specking for wins to because Cleveland's not that good either, um, and he can go six or seven. He can hit the ratios, though. There's a high volatility here, but if you're streaming, you understand that. So I think he's a pretty good standard streamer, which means you know the risk that you're taking on. So I would say yes on Jordan Lyles pretty easily. Oh, uh, this is kind of like a mid-tier one for me. Um, it, it's definitely safer than like uh, Griffin Jacks mm-hmm. or, or Tanner Houck in terms of going for a win. Um, 
but it has that kind of volatility uh, that, like you said, because I mean, yeah, he could he could give up a couple homers, um, or just you know, I mean, he, he's been he's been pitching at a really high ground ball yeah. rate uh, in his last uh, last six starts. Five of his last six starts have had a ground ball rate of fifty percent or higher. We like that. We take that all day. Uh, so, you know, the defense could let him down. Uh, but, yeah, I think you're right. I think if you're streaming for wins, I think this is a poaching yep. one. Jordan Lyles versus Cleveland. Jesus Lazardo against Philly. Philly's out of it. Uh, did, would that be enough to entice you here? The volatility is massive. In fact, I don't even know if the volatility is massive. You should expect bad, and you might spike decent. Uh, vo- volatility for me has uh, you know a broader range of outcomes to where there's more scenarios where it goes well. With Lazardo, I don't really see that. He hasn't gone five in any of his last three outings. He too has been a home run machine. So I don't really like this. I don't see a whole lot of upside. The only real avenues I would do this maybe are like points leagues. If you have no starts limits and you'll just take any potential points you can get. So even if you only put up like six you'd be like okay it was positive points but that's really it for lazardo i just don't see the upside here what about you yeah i just feel like it's too dangerous especially considering like you mentioned he has not gone five innings in his last three mm-hmm. starts so uh, why would we think that that is going to change here even against the philadelphia team that's no longer yep competing? yep so be careful there and he could go minus too so don't think that you're fully out of the water in points leagues um, and and can't get hit there. Speaking of home run machines, well, that's a little bit of the theme for the Saturday, folks, because Josiah Gray, you know, when he first started uh, coming up and was doing well, there were the home runs there, and it's like he's got to get those in check or this will come back to get him. And they did come back to get him in a big way after putting up a palatable 375 ERA in his first seven starts as a major leaguer. Josiah Gray is up to 848 over the last six um, with six home runs. Now, he does have two homer free outings in a row, including one in Coors because baseball is is that way. So he's won his last two starts at Miami, at Colorado. Do you dare go for Josiah Gray versus Boston? I don't think I would do it versus Boston. I'm not as worried about the home runs because, like you said, like in his last two outings, he doesn't give up a home run. Uh, and only one home run given up in his last three outings. But the walks have been a major issue. Do you think those he's two got, things are related, where he's trying to avoid the home yeah, runs? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think that's exactly what's happening. He's like, uh, I'm not going to get hit out of the park, but I'll walk the yeah. yard. Uh, he's given up 14 walks in his last 21 and two-thirds. That's of four inning. starts, right? Yeah, the last four starts. Um, he's got 21 strikeouts, yeah. so you know if you're if you're strikeout seeking, but things could go really really yep. bad in this. Boston is you know got a really good offense. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm staying away from this. One I would game. start him in, and this is a specific thing, so I know this is a niche scenario. But I'd start him in a scenario where a blow up does not end your your season. Um, if because if you're streaming, you're probably in a situation where it is on a wire a little bit, but if if it totally takes you out of it, if he goes three three runs, six innings, or excuse me, uh, three innings, six runs, then don't do it because uh, there is a probability for that. Otherwise, I think I would because he's a good pitcher. Josiah Gray is. He does have strikeouts. 
and there is a, a tinge of upside. So I'm a, I'm a little bit past the halfway point if we're going back on our meter of ratio protection to Hail Mary. I'm a little bit toward the halfway past the halfway point toward the Hail Mary, but you still want to be careful here for sure with Josiah Gray. What about speaking of the uh, the Cardinals and their their <laughs> their trade pickups? We roasted them when they made them because we should have because they were like two crusty ass lefties who had been pitching brutally on the year. So of course they both go to St. Louis and put up 11 starts of like a four ERA. Basically Hap is four on the button. John Lester, the guy in question here is at a four thirteen uh, with St. Louis. His skills aren't better though. In fact, his strikeout to walk ratio is worse. His home run rate is the same. So he's, Trending with like the same FIP and everything, but he's going against his former team, the Cubs, former team from last year, by the way, not this year was Washington. But do you go for uh, Lester against the Cubs here? What 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 is your what is your read on that one as far as the riskometer? I mean, I think it's risky, especially because I don't even know if they're going to let him go deep enough into the game to uh, to get the win. Here's my thing. I think they will because I think they'd rather save the bullpen than him. That's fair. And and so yeah, they could they could do they that. might try to let him. You know, they're not going to let him like eat shit and 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 give up eight runs. But I think if he's doing anything solid, I think they try to push him six and and save those bullpen innings there because they know that the bullpen is really what's going to drive them in the playoffs because they know they're starting pitching outside of Wayno and. Maybe Flaherty. I have no idea what to expect out of him, uh, but they know that the rest of it's kind of kind of garbage. So I think I'm leaning around the similar area of Josiah Gray, where um, I'm not automatically going for it, but you got to look at it because it, it that he plays for the better team. Even though I mentioned how the Cubs have been hitting pretty well, and it does have some win upside there. Even though I can't believe I would entrust my season to John Lester. Yeah, that's the hard part. But that's streaming in the last weekend. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I just think there's so many better options. I'm with you. I'm not ranking him very high. If we rank the Saturday guys, uh, I'm eyeballing it here. He's at least like fifth or sixth. But uh, there's going to be some leagues where there is no John Means on the – well, not John Means, but because I was talking about him as a – starter off of your roster your reserve roster but like there's no Odorizzi or Bubich or Lyles and it's like between Lazardo, Gray and Lester who would you pick between those three Lazardo, Gray, Lester the last three guys we discussed uh probably Lester there you go that's kind of yeah I think what I'm saying is that there's going to be I would definitely take the last guy on the list for today. Yes, yes, and we'll get to him in a moment. And in fact, we're going to talk about both pitchers in this game. This is another one that's um, already on your roster. This is a John Means level one, except he's not facing as scary of an opponent. But I just want to know where you're at. I know this is one of your boys, Zach Gallen, and uh, he's just been not great this year. But do you go with him against Colorado? He's at home, so it's not in Coors. Uh, Is this a slam dunk start for you? Oh, I think so. I think so too. If you're in that scenario yeah. where you're, you know, again chasing and 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 you're you're trying to get stats, I think it's 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 got to be a slam dunk. He's coming off a good start against the Dodgers, decent against Houston. 
um, decent enough against the Dodgers again. Yeah, he's actually stringing some together. Never mind. This is a lot more certain than I thought. Pardon me on on its inclusion. I think I'm, I wasted our time there. Sorry. Zach Gallon, automatic. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be interested to see where he ends up being ranked. I think he'll be really coming in. I think he's going to be one who's really cheap in early drafts and then just going to go, just going to work his way up, especially if he comes into spring looking healthy. Yeah, um, I'm actually trying to – I can't remember where I put him on my list. I'm actually trying to look it up right now if my computer will uh, bring it up. But I got you. Um, let's see. I have him at 71, so I, 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 that's what I figured. I had him pretty Yeah, low. so I think he'll just, he'll just move up from there. Yeah. And, and I just I, – looking at the guys who are above him, like I just can't – rationalize and maybe i move him in the top 70 but i don't know that i'm going to move him up much higher than that i think it i think it really just depends like kind of how the offseason news goes and, and where you feel because i know you've been a fan of his uh to this point and we'll kind of see if there's good news and uh, it, you know just if he if he's staying i mean he's going to finish the season healthy knock on wood obviously hopefully he doesn't get hurt this weekend so i think yeah, but th- this season is just going to always linger in my mind. It's probably because I got burnt on him in so many, you know, high-priced places. Yep. You know, I, I had him in the main event. Uh, I had him in the uh, in the tag team league. Uh, you know, I mean, there's so many places where it's like, oh, you know, taking Scherzer instead of him, oh. you know, um, would have meant like – you know, cashing in a number of different spots. So uh, I'm going to, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to beat myself up over that one for a little Quick while. Quick sidebar. Are you staying in on Scherzer next year? Are you, are you? Absolutely. Okay. I was wondering if you, I was going to say that, or are you going to play the, um, rather be a year early getting out than a year late? No, I'm, I'm rarely a year early getting out. Um, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that like says like unless there's a warning. Sign, well, that's the thing know? too, and like I think people, but sometimes the age alone is the warning sign because there was no reason to get out on Verlander if you look at 2019, but then he got hurt. I mean, of, like I, I'm just saying. Yeah, the, the, I mean, there was no reason before like we started having like, hey, he's making mechanical changes. Well, like I think those were the warning signs that, and one of the reasons I didn't draft mm-hmm. that year. Um, but like, unless we have something like that with Scherzer, at some point you just say like the unicorn is a unicorn, yep. um, and you you know it's it's a lot like Nelson Cruz. Like like again this year, Nelson Cruz has returned mm-hmm. great value. Um, and those of you who jumped out eight years ago, eight years ago, <laughs> you're not wrong. Yeah. You always, yeah, no, I mean, it's not, not quite eight years ago, it. but like at least the last five For years, sure. there have been people going, Nelson Cruz is going to fall off a cliff. And, um, yeah, like I understand everybody's like, oh, I'd rather be, you know, a year early than a year late. Well, you're five years, you know, too early. And you've given everybody else a lot of value. And I feel like the same thing happened with Scherzer this mm-hmm. year. Um, and we'll probably, again, like you said, will probably happen next year. There will be people that just fade Scherzer just because of the age and are forgetting the fact that dude is a machine. Like the two different colored eyes are because they ran out of colors <laughs> in the factory they made him. They, did, they didn't have two brown eyes for him, so they're like, 
all right, we have these extra, these spare. We have one green and one blue. Just give him one of each. Isn't okay. Well, won't that change his composition? Yes, he will be a pitcher, and he will be a god into his late thirties. Okay, well, well, we'll go for it. And then they put in the the mismatching eyes and. Uh, Max Scherzer's a god. I love that reasoning. That's hilarious. Uh, last guy on Saturday, Antonio Sensatella. You said you would indeed use him. He's in Arizona, and uh, he's been having a pretty solid, solid little season. I bet there's going to be plenty of stories around of like, hey, I got you know a hundred quality innings out of Sensatella that I didn't expect that stabilized me. He's got a 4.10 ERA, 1.30 WHIP, and uh, you know, like I said, he's been pitching pretty well. He's not going to give you a win because his team is garbo. But if you need some quality innings, he seems to have that in spades. Uh, especially if you look over like what he's been doing in the second half. He has ten starts with a three thirty six ERA. So you said you're slam dunking this one with Sensatello, right? Yeah, I mean, the last time he didn't go six in an outing was August fifth. Wow. And that that was so, at home I against mean, the Cubs. Um, and, you know, at home, doesn't matter which team. And like I said, to repeat again, the Cubs have been hitting pretty decently. So I'm with you. He handled the Dodgers and Giants his last two outings. Again, they couldn't get him dubs. But if you're looking for quality innings here, this is your guy. If you're win chasing, you're hoping for, uh, uh, you know, I, w- it's I, Arizona, to say, I won't like, say I mean, a miracle because it is against Arizona. So if you're win chasing, there is some viability. They're actually markedly worse than the Diamond. Uh, the Diamondbacks are markedly worse than I mean, the Rockies. Chris Bubich is the number one. He's like, he's one. But 1B on Saturday is Sensatella. I think like, you're right. Well, unless uh, we're saying Odorizzi's in the same level of availability. Uh, I, for me, I would say Odorizzi, but I like... But I, I think Odorizzi doesn't have as much opportunity for Because he might not even go five. You're right. That's yeah, because they're not going to let him. That's, they may not let him go five. Uh, yeah, so, I'd go Bubich, like, Sensatella, Lyles... Odorizzi. So I'd actually put Odorizzi four if I'm chasing wins because he might he might miss out. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Sensatella, man, he's been really nice and hopefully gives folks one more one more solid start. Uh, he's been a quality start. Uh, I don't want to say quality start machine, but he's been putting up quite quite a good number of them relative to uh, what you paid for him, which is just a waiver pickup. I mean, he he has been a quality start machine. He has in his last ten outings, he has nine quality starts. And the other one was missed by a run against the Dodgers. Yes. He went six innings, four runs. So, yeah, you're right. I guess he has been then. I, I, I stumbled on that. All right, moving on to Sunday. Michael Waka, longtime favorite of mine. Haven't been able to get on board this year, though. Too volatile. Uh, did throw five scoreless, five no-hit innings against Houston his last time out. Uh, because that's what he does. You know, he, again, the volatility from start to start is kind of obscene with Waka. And it relates to the fact that he has a 1-7 homer 9. Like that, that's the main reason there. He gets the Yankees, who are fighting. And it's in the Bronx. And I don't know that he'll get five because we know how Tampa Bay is with their innings. So I would be – the only way I would do this is if I could use any Ks that I could get. Because I think even in three innings, he could strike out six type of deal. So that's the only scenario for me with Waka is strikeout chasing. What about you? Yeah, I think that's probably right. Um, you know, I do kind of wonder, like, would the Rays let him go a little bit to kind of save the bullpen? Same. So, I mean, they're going to have some time off before the playoffs, too. So, that's true. Uh, um, I think there's like a, almost a full week before 
Yeah, the, uh, the, actually, play like, the first round starts after the wild card yeah, game. Yeah, they so, play like Thursday or Friday. Yeah, something like that. So they may just let him go. Um, that being said, like this is the most frustrating pitcher to roster in like all of fantasy. Correct. Sports. Like you, 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 you felt really good about like not starting him against Toronto. Um, and you know, and then you know because he gave up six earned on the fifteenth, and then he goes back to Toronto or home versus Toronto, three innings, and you're like, okay, no way I can start him at Houston. Five innings, five scoreless no, innings, doesn't give up yeah, like, like what? Dude? Like, strikes out six. What? Like what? <laughs> yeah, like you look at the core skills, the strikeouts and walks, and they're really, really good actually, and that's why his FIP keeps holding down well below his ERA, but it's those homers. And the sheer volatility with Waka, there's a ton of risk here. So, um, you know, your scenario needs to be heavily at play here to determine whether or not you go with Waka. This is another one who's not going to be very available, but uh, kind of a start-sit off of your own roster already. Hunjin Ryu, just, he hasn't been Hunjin Ryu this year. This is actually quite literally his worst season, and it's not awful it's a 439 era 122 whip but when he pitches he's usually lights out it's usually injury that gets him but uh this has been a wobbly finish this year he hasn't gone more than four and a third in his last three outings but but the fourth of those outings if you keep going back september 6th was six scoreless in yankee stadium so it's like you see that allure there but then baltimore killed him for seven and that's his opponent on Sunday. Minnesota got him for five. Both of those outings were under three innings. And then he went four and a third, three runs against the Yankees at home his last time out. So if you have Hunjin Ryu rostered, are you taking this gamble here against Baltimore? They are ninth in Woba against lefties over the last 30, uh, 30 days. Yeah, I don't know that I am. Um, and it's hard to kind of parse out because I'd actually have to sit down and, and kind of kind of uh, spreadsheet it out in terms of his starts in Toronto. Uh, but I wonder, like, because his home ERA is 499 this season. Now, some of that was in Buffalo, and some of that was oh, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Uh, in Dundee. I see what you're saying. Um, but so, he has two seven-run duds in April that were in – or in August that were in Toronto proper. Well, and remember, like, one of the things we talked about when he signed in Toronto was, like, hey, he's playing on the mm-hmm. turf, like – you know, all those ground balls that he gets may not result in outs in the same way it did uh, in Los Angeles. And I wonder if that has been uh, a little bit of the struggles. He's also given up a few more runs than I think we're used to uh, him giving up as well. But I think with how good Baltimore has been against lefties uh, as of late, that I would probably try to avoid this one. Yeah, he has. That being said, like, if you're win seeking, this is an opportunity. You have to. So. If you're win seeking, you you have to just take because that that tells me that you're not as concerned about ratios. Now, some of y'all are going to be in a scenario where you're win seeking and your ratio concerned, and I do not envy the uh, situation that y'all are going to go through. Get the Pepto Bismol on hand this weekend, but he has four starts of six plus earned uh, for Ryu, including the one against Baltimore back on September 11th. So it's risky. But again, I think if you are chasing wins, you gotta go for this. This is a great team against a bad team, and you just have to take the shot. If you're ratio protecting, I think you should sit here because it can go really sideways for Ryu. 
Uh, another one in the same vein of he's already on rosters. He's not going to be available, but I want to know if you're irked at all by the recent struggles of Aaron Savale, including a seven earned run outing two starts ago, five earned run outing four starts ago, um, and then just decent work against KC last time out, four earned and five and a third. Um, it's been a mixed bag, and there's been some real negative. He does have Texas, though. Again, if you're wind chasing, got to do it. But what about if your ratios? Do you trust him enough at Texas to just go with Aaron Savale here? I think you, if you still have him rostered, you've got to yeah, start him. Probably. I agree. Uh, it's just it's too good of a matchup, especially at Texas, uh, which is such a good pitcher's park. I mean, and his big issue uh, has been Correct. home runs. You know, over his last four starts, he's given up nine home runs. Uh, so hopefully, you know, the Texas uh, ballpark will help keep the ball in the yard for him and he'll have a, a pretty good start uh, to end the season. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm I think I'm rolling with Aaron yep. Spall. I think you got to. Just wanted to check in with you and see if you had any counters there. But uh, you just don't get a much better scenario. And I agree with you. If you're rostering him, you, you just can't bench Savella. He could drop seven scoreless and it wouldn't even be surprising. Tyler Alexander for the Tigers has quietly been... Uh, pretty solid and 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 gone deeper in games a lot more than I think people realize. You might remember him from last year when he had those like I think it was like eight or nine strikeouts in a row. Um, he was kind of chasing a record. It was a really cool little outing for him. And he spent most of the year in the bullpen, but he joined the rotation uh, in August or in the second half, I should say. And since August first, he has a 3.08 ERA in 49 and two thirds with 40 strikeouts. Now he draws the White Sox. Are they playing for anything this weekend? No, I don't believe they so, are. So I don't know that they're going to go like full rollover lineup, but they might just go a few subs, save some health. Eloy's been nicked. Anderson's had issues this year. Grandal is off. I hope they don't sit Grandal, though. I need everything I can get out of him. But you know what I mean? They, they, could, they could play it a little lighter with the lineup. Does that encourage you enough? Are you going to go Tyler Alexander against the White Sox? At the White Sox, I should yeah. say. Yeah. I think I'd want to see what the lineup looks like, but I, I mean, he's been really good over his last three, uh, 12 strikeouts and 16 and two thirds, um, only six earned runs given up, uh, in those three starts, which, uh, kind of plays out to a 324 ERA. So, uh, he's only given up one home run in those three starts. Uh, yeah, I think I, I think I would try to use him as long as the lineup isn't completely stacked. Uh, the White Sox technically at this point, still have a chance to get home field advantage in the first they round. They can get the two seed but, over Houston, right? Yeah, but it seems really unlikely, and that may be settled by the time we get there. They're two games back with three games to Correct. play. So uh, unless uh, unless Houston loses like the next two games. It won't matter. Uh, it's not. Yeah, so that's matter. Sunday. So, that could just be a total. Uh, not, yeah, now I'm thinking about it. It could be a total walkover lineup because Sunday usually is a lighter lineup in general. So yeah, I like this one. Put put Alexander on your roster, and, and you know if you're if you're tight for move. Well, it will be Sunday anyway, so it'll be last ditch. But yeah, I think there's a good chance to go for this. The win is going to be hard because they're still better than the Tigers, um, and he hasn't had a, a win in in quite a while. But I, I think this is a uh, this is a pretty good one to go for here with Tyler Alexander against the White Sox, and it should be widely available. 
What about uh, we got the Minnesota KC battle again with both of their both guys available in a lot of leagues? Jackson Coar versus Minnesota. Do you have the same love for him that you do for Bubich? No. Yeah, I don't know why I said no, phrased no. it like that. He's been so much worse. No, he's terrible. He's, so, he's been so bad. He's terrible. Well, I shouldn't say he's terrible. Yeah. He's, he's had a really rough debut. Uh, yeah. No shot, right? Not even no, against no, Minnesota. Yeah. There's just no upside. He will throw seven scoreless now. Um, and what about his opponent, though? Charlie Barnes at KC. Is there any Charlie Barnes upside? Is, is he better than Griffin Jacks? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I think he's actually quite a bit worse. Like, his skills yeah. are unappealing. He's a- I just, there's too many good options on... The, or, during the weekend and even on Sunday, that I'm just like yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna not Bar- gonna go for a guy like yeah Barnes has only gone five twice and it was five on the button and it was not recent it was back in mid August so yeah pass Reed Detmers an interesting rookie do not forget him for next year despite the fact that this year's numbers have been unimpressive he will be an afterthought for like a dollar um, and I still really like his future. But can you possibly get behind using him at Seattle here? Uh, he has four starts. Three have been bad. And then one gem against Houston. Six innings, one run. The other three, like I said, not good. Um, what What is the likelihood that you would take a shot on Reed Detmers here? Uh, I think this is one of those that I have to wait until Sunday. To see where uh, Seattle's at? Decision on. Yeah, to see where Seattle's at. If Seattle has wrapped up a playoff spot or has been eliminated – um, then that makes the decision um, a lot easier one way or another. Uh, if they're still kind of in the hunt, um, that becomes a little bit scarier of a proposition. Yeah, because they'll but, go full bore and they'll be grinding out, you know, to try to get the win. Yeah, and they've just been so hot down the stretch that uh, I don't know that I want to risk uh, – Reed Detmers. That being said, like Reed Detmers, like I know, like the the overall line is going to scare people away, but I think there are some interesting things uh, to kind of be taken away from his, his debut, and I think he's going to be an interesting guy coming into next year that won't cost very much. Yeah, I, I agree. So I'm I'm going to be keeping a close eye on him, uh, him being Reed Detmers. Pardon me, Cole Irvin at Houston, uh, going for Oakland. There, you know, he's had a good overall season, helped out a lot of teams, kind of. Kind of sputtering into the finish line, you know, a little bit reminiscent of Wade Miley a couple years ago, where uh, he was really cooking, and then August really kind of showed the warts. Um, it's been a bumpy September. He, ha- he he opened with seven earned at Toronto, which you would have avoided in most cases because it's Toronto, and then saw really good against Texas. Uh, got lucky against the Angels because he only had one earned run out of the four that he allowed. Decent against Seattle, but then walloped against Seattle. He gets Houston. I know that they could have uh, more of their secondary lineup, which we highlighted last time, isn't necessarily a walkover lineup. Would you go for Cole Irvin at Houston? Oh, I don't think I would. Um, I, I think maybe if if it's if I'm, if I'm win seeking, maybe I would take the risk, just because I think he can go deep into the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like Houston, if my ratios are any question, obviously you're not going to get strikeouts from him. Um, 
then I'm probably going to stay away. I just think so much could go wrong because uh, he definitely is looking like he's just tiring out at the end of the yep. season. Yep, and that, that's that's uh, really what it is with Irvin for me too. I think he's I think he's kind of hitting that wall. And and like we mentioned earlier in the episode uh, with with Paul Blackburn, is Houston's lineup even if it's a big lineup <laughs> is still going to be better than a lot of other. Yeah, it's still going to be laden with guys who are, uh, you yeah. know, batting league average or better, which is crazy. Their lineup is so well, dangerous. and it'll still have at least like two or three guys that are like all stars, yep. like because they can't sit everybody. They don't have a nine man bench, so um, I, I think I'm trying to avoid this one. If I yeah, I, I would not want to do this. Um, I wasn't going to include this guy, and then I saw he was only 15 percent at ESPN. I would have thought Tyler Anderson was not that widely available because he's been, you know, like a for me, like a safer Senzatella type because he doesn't have Coors to contend with. And yeah, he gave up those nine at the Angels on September 25th. I'm sure that hurt a lot of folks. But even including that, keeping that in there, two innings, nine runs, he still has a 450 ERA over 13 second half starts. So he's basically been a baseline quality start guy. So Tyler Anderson at the Angel versus the Angels, at, so he's at home, for me is is a slam dunk, and it is widely available. So I would absolutely go scoop him anywhere I could. What about you with Tyler Anderson? Um, I don't know that it's a slam dunk, uh, but I also don't think it's something I'm necessarily avoiding. So it kind of depends on what else is out there, how much I'm looking. Like, can I start as many guys if, as I want on Sunday if that's the case? And yeah, I think he is a slam dunk. Uh, but... Uh, if I've got to be a little bit more judicious, uh, I'm probably there's probably three guys, three or four guys on this list that I'm that I'm starting over him. Uh, that being said, like the Angels are like about as league average as you can get against the yeah. So uh, I, I don't think it's a matchup. Even though he got blown up by them last time, like I don't that think doesn't influence the matchup. Here. Yeah, yeah, that, that's not a it's not a matchup I'm necessarily worried about. Dane Dunning gets Cleveland. And, you know, he's got uh, he's got some Jordan Lyles flavor to him, and I'm starting Lyles. So I feel like I'd be starting Dunning here, too. I mean, um, well, actually, I'm looking at it now. He's not as stretched out as I thought because he, when he returned, he started in the bullpen for a couple outings. He does have his last two starts where he went 57 and then 71 pitches. He should be stretched out enough to go five. He made it four and two-thirds last time out. Five walks did him in. So yeah, it's not as good as Jordan Wiles. I will I will temper that comment, but I would still probably go for Dane Dunning in a lot of scenarios just because he has a chance for five and Cleveland is booty. Yeah, he hasn't gone five since August second. Um, he's come close three times, uh, including his last start, as you referenced. Um, but I'm. I think he's definitely on the list, but he's below guys like Anderson uh, and Alexander and Savall. Irvin? Uh, I don't think he's below Irvin. Okay. Uh, just because I, I, I like the matchup. Yeah, I don't blame better. you. I'm, I'm with you. I think they're about the same pitcher and then give me the much better matchup with Dunning and Cleveland. Yep, I'm with that. Um, can I interest you in some Alec Mills <laughs> against St. Louis? Uh, at St. Louis, I should say. Now, they they should be locked and loaded. I don't I don't think they can they can't change their spot at all. Obviously, they're not going to catch the Dodgers. So they are what they are. They're locked in. Uh, they're they're going to have 
the secondary lineup in. That's only going to take out a couple guys, you know, hopefully not Tommy Edmond and Dylan Carlson. I need them. Thank you, uh, Mike Schilt. Go ahead and take out Tyler O'Neill, though. It's chill. and No problem. Give, give him a breather. Um, Alec Mills at St. Louis. Any, any interest there? He has, he has been, he's been tough. He's been tough. Not, not very good this year. Uh, well, I mean, he had that really good outing where he went like eight and a third at the end of mm-hmm. August. And since then, he has a 782 ERA. Mm, let me look that up real quick. Oh, I just found out that that's not good. I just looked it up. Yeah, he, he's given up seven home runs um, in that time. Uh, and he's, he's coming off of back-to-back starts uh, in which he's given up six earned runs. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I no, like just no. No, no, I, I don't think so. I just don't see the upside. I, I just, mm-hmm. I really don't. Well, and like, I mean, this, like, he, like the three worst starts in this five start stretch. Two of them against Pittsburgh. One of them against Minnesota. Like, it's not even good. Yeah, teams. He, he's not. He's not even a matchups guy. Alec Mills can get beat up by anybody because when you're giving up homers like that, you're susceptible. And I. Mm-hmm. So even if St. Louis is like, you know, sitting like a lot of their stud guys, like I don't care. And honestly, it would probably have them bringing in some guys who can go yard. Like, you know, they they sit Edmundo Sosa and so they bring in Paul DeYoung. Well, the one thing he does is go yard. Yeah, he has a 198 batting average, but he'd probably go yard like a large newt bar. He's only hitting 229. But he has like a 200 ISO, so he's hit for some, you know. So it's like one of those things where, yeah, even if they do bring in a couple subs, I think there's still some pop there. No shot with Alec Mills, don't do it. What about this guy? This is not a fake player. He threw five and two thirds, very nice ball earlier this week. His name is Reaver San San Martin, and he is for the Cincinnati Reds. He's a lefty. Uh, He pitched on Monday against Pittsburgh. Like I said, five and two thirds, five hits, one walk, five strikeouts, one run. Very good outing. Got the win. Can I interest you in some Reaver San, Mar- San Martin at Pittsburgh this time? So he gets the Pittsburgh home and home to, to win people their leagues. Can you do it? You absolutely can. Got to do it, right? Um, he's, he's, a, he's one of the yeah. higher options here based on that first outing. Shout out to our buddy uh, Chris at Baseball Pots uh, because he was on this Let's go last week. Um, and, uh, and it was like talking him up and I was like, I don't even know who this guy is. I didn't is. either. I had to research him when I put him on the, uh, SP chart. I was mm-hmm. like, I, I, I don't know this man. I'm sorry. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he, you know, he's had a, an amazing year in the minors, um, you know, where he's, you know, putting up, uh, you know, 25% plus strikeout rates and, you know, a sub seven walk rate. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh. I think, you know, and, and like his first start was great. And it's Pittsburgh. So, You're not going to get much better of a matchup yeah. than that. It's in Pittsburgh, too. So I'm- At Pittsburgh, too. So it's not even in Cincinnati. So, uh, and I think this is a guy that will compete for a rotation spot next year as well. Uh, so like, this is a guy that I think is uh, is very, very interesting in spite of the fact I have never heard of him. He's got like the weirdest name uh, ever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, th- I think he's, uh, someone we should be paying more attention to coming into 2022. Definitely. Well. Really interesting. Uh, 25 year old lefty Reaver San Martin. We're starting him. Jake Woodford. He's the one battling Alec Mills. He's facing the Cubs. Is Woodford enough? Uh, does he have enough juice to get, to get you to start him? He has 388 ERA and 134 whip this year. 
so he's probably you know a little bit above his head with the ERA, and he's gone five in each of his last two outings, a couple four inning starts before that. So he's he's right on that cusp of being able to like he's had eighty pitches over eighty in his last two outings. So he's stretched out enough to get there. He doesn't even have to be perfect to get five. Is that enough to chase the win with Jake Woodford? Yeah, I, th- I think it is. Um, since returning from the minor leagues uh, in uh, at the beginning of September, he's he's had five starts, um, or sorry, five appearances. Yeah, one was like an extendo, uh, five and a third mm-hmm. uh, uh, follower start type deal. Yeah, zero home runs given up. That's huge. Uh, and he hasn't had a start where he's walked more than two batters uh, in these five. So um, I don't think there's a lot of strikeouts to be had here, but I also don't like, I think this is like a really safe ratio play. Um, and it, it's a good matchup where he could potentially get a win. Uh, yeah. I think this is a really, really underrated kind of uh, I agree. Jake Woodford, go, go check him out. Get, get him on your team. Especially the Cardinals playing in the, in the wild card game. They may want to protect the bullpen, and they may just say, "Listen, you're going five day, or you're going six today. We don't care what That's happens." That's what I'm saying. So like, yep. Um, I think this one is like if you're win hunting, this is one that people are not going to be on, but you should. I, I, I agree, and I like I like the setup there of hey, even if you give up five runs in six innings, we're going to trust you. But then they beat up Alec Mills for seven, and you still cop a dub. Uh, Umberto Mejia for Arizona uh, is an easy no, right? Yeah, okay. yeah no. don't need to waste time there. And then we'll finish with Herman Marquez. Again, another guy who's not really on the wire, uh, more of a team streamer type here that I'm wondering if you're – I know it's out of course, so you would think slam dunk because it's – He's been bad at it. And that's all I was going to say. So you'd think slam dunk because it's out of Coors. He's got a 538-140 ERA whip combo outside of Coors. Because he has 12 homers in 77 innings compared to 9 in 103 at home. But it's Arizona, so you still got to do it, right? Yeah, I think okay. so. I, brought, I put him on the, um, the list to give people some assurance that might have him and might be worried about him. That I think you still have to go for this. Because, like, of the guys listed, I know these are not all streamers because, you know, uh, Ryu and Savali and Marquez are not on waiver wires. But they're, they're streaming, they're team streamers. He could throw a shutout and nobody would bat an eye, just as just mm-hmm. as easily as he could go four innings, five earned. That's the Marquez experience. Like you know, we we had this discussion with Marquez. You know, we've probably had it for years now. Um, and I think the tagline that you've made popular is that uh, Coors is undefeated. Sure is. So are Walls, by the way, if, Devin Williams. Just so you know. Yes. Yes. Um, Coors feels defeated this year, but it's still obviously having an effect on these guys when they go on the road. Marquez has a 367 ERA at home. Antonio Sensatella has a 397 ERA at home. John Gray has a 4.02 ERA at home. So it's like the hangover effect is getting them, of course. So Coors is still winning, yeah. but in a different way. It's so That weird. is really bizarre that so many of their guys are have markedly better home home splits as Rockies pitchers. Um, but again, you get a chance to pick on a 100-loss team with a guy who can be great, even with all the trouble. I think you got to put that aside and have confidence in Marquez, and you have to start him if you've got him. All right, that'll do it. That's a wrap on the regular season pods. 
Justin, it's been a hell of a ride. I hope everyone's coming through with some some titles and some caches. I know you're sweating some things. You know, I got the big dog I'm sweating. I'm also trying to get second place in the Beat Colin Weatherwax League. My team did not have a good second half. Remember, I was leading that league for quite a bit of the early summer, and then it just started to fade. And now I'm back in a battle for second. Only two only two spots pay out there, too. So the difference between second and third is is whether or not uh, take a check home. So it's going to be a hell of a weekend, but it's in the players' hands now after you make the decision. So good luck to everybody. I hope it goes really well. And, Justin, I hope you come through with uh, with the dubs that you're locking in. Yeah, I think I'm in two or sorry, in three of the leagues that I'm uh, that I'm in. I'm pretty much locked in championships. Very nice. Uh, and I've got two other leagues in which I am battling for a championship, including one NFBC league, which uh, top three has been flip flopping all week. Wow. Uh, and only two spots get paid. Um, so, and I'm in second place right now. Uh, so that'll be a fun kind of finish. Uh, and then a few other ones where I'm just looking to catch. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's going to be some fun sweats. I wish you a lot of luck in your Thank main. You. Um, how many spots get paid in the overall? Because you're still like 30 seconds. Yeah, 22. So I'd have to have like the weekend from heaven at, at this point. I mean, it, it's not impossible. I've moved like seven spots in a day before without even having like the craziest day because the main event standings can move so much. So it's not impossible. But honestly, my focus right now is winning the league. If I somehow won the league and finished like 22nd, that would just be amazing. So we'll see how it goes. I'm nervously excited for this. I really, really, really hope my team hangs on. But I uh, I need some dubs. So I hope people have found some help from these uh, weekend streamers here that we've been talking about. We'll be back Monday to talk more. Uh, until then, Justin, have a great weekend. Take it easy.